name is Tracy Cook and welcome to the podcast series Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms, that dare greatly to share their real stories. Amazing humans that have seen hope and risen above those adversities to become victorious, that now support and inspire others to do the same. And today we're giving a voice to Katie Corbett from the USA. Welcome to Victim to Victory, Katie. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It is absolutely our honour to have you. Now, I'm just going to share a little bit about Katie and I'm going to lead you into her story and then she's going to she's going to tell you all about where she's been and how she's overcome. Now, Katie Corbett is a writer specialising in customer case studies. And um, some few fun facts about Katie as well. She loves playing the guitar, reading and going on road trips with her husband in her spare time. Now, Katie, who are you and where does your story start? Well, um, so I, I like to start my story um, about six months after I graduated from university. I got a journalism degree and uh, but my first job out, out of college, my first real adult big girl job was in data entry and order processing. And as you might expect, that wasn't my dream job. Um, it was one of the jobs that you get to pay off your student loans as quickly as possible so that you can move on to doing what you really want to do. Um, that experience turned out to be a very formative learning experience for me because throughout my time there, not only was it a job that I wasn't super passionate about, but also I learned about the detrimental impact of a very toxic workplace culture. Um, my supervisor at the time was very toxic. She would just scream at people if they didn't do things the way that she wanted them done. Um, she would, and sometimes she would like be nice to you to your face and then write bad things about you in your file later. Um, it was just a very challenging time. And um, I was there for about 10 months and things for the first four or five months were great. You know, I, I thought, okay, this is a job I can have for a few years, pay off my loans and then figure out what else I want to do. But once that fifth month came around, things started to really go downhill between me and my supervisor. And I, uh, I really started to blame myself for all of the things that were happening and the way that I was being treated. And uh, eventually... I ended up getting fired from that position just because she was so, well, crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and we've all been it, in I don't situations go... like that in the workplace, haven't we, where yeah, the culture yeah. isn't um, supportive and you can't grow in that kind of environment. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, so after that happened, I went through a period of, just really blaming myself and blaming the circumstances 
uh, and saying, oh, because this happened to me, now my life is horrible and I don't know what to do. And I think what snapped me out of it and, and made me realize, wait a second, like I'm either going to sit here and be her victim for the rest of my life, or I'm going to change things. Um, what snapped me out of it was a conversation I was having with a friend about what happened. And I just explained how toxic the environment was and some of the things that I went through, you know, being screamed at one day and praised the next day and just how it was like whiplash going through that experience while I was still new and still learning on the job. And her, my friend's father piped up, we were sitting in the car and he piped up from the front seat. You know, I had a similar experience happen to me in my work. And I asked him, what did you do to get over it? What did you do to move past it? Because I, 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 I can't live like this. And he told me, I'm really not past it. I haven't moved on. I haven't processed it. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I still feel like I'm there where I was when all of that happened. And I just kind of said to myself, that's not going to be me. I am going to make the decision right now to move on and do whatever it takes. So a few things that helped. Um, I am Christian, I'm Catholic specifically, and you know, making friends at church and having people around me who supported me and you know, just praying and believing that, you know, there was a God out there who cares about me and loves me and wants good things for me, that really helped me heal. And then also, um, I learned about a fascinating thing called neuro-linguistic programming. It's called NLP for short. And it basically teaches you how to reprogram your brain and reframe your thoughts. So a few of the techniques that I tried were, um, you can picture the conversation, the negative conversation, but picture the other person's speaking in a funny voice, like um, mm -hmm. Donald Duck. I pictured that a lot. <laughs> I pictured my boss That's yelling at me as Donald Duck. Yeah. <laughs> and, or Mickey Mouse or like, you know, just goofy or something hilarious. And so it would, it would cause me to smile at that memory instead of cringe at that memory. Um, and it. just having, yeah. And just having a different response helped me. Um, you can also turn down the volume in your head so that you really are listening to the words themselves and not as much the tone. And I became to realize that the things that she had said to me were not true. She just had screamed them at me. And so I was focusing on how I had been yelled at. And, you know, when I started really looking at the things that she was saying, I'm like, is this true? Like, when I go back and look back on my 20 years on this earth, have I ever encountered this before? And the answer was no. And um, just, you know, things, things like that or focusing on outcomes. You know, what do I want in the future? What type of work do I want in the future? And just really planning that and being very honest with myself. And not only about what work I wanted to do, but what kind of company I wanted to work for and what kind of supervisor I wanted to have. And so I thought back about, you know, I thought back over all the people in my life who had been role models for me or had been in leadership positions 
that I really admired. And I just thought about all the qualities that they had and that, you know, I kind of made that decision that I wanted that type of person as a supervisor. And as the years went by and it took years. So if you are in this position right now where you are recovering from something like this, it is not going to happen overnight and that is okay. And you're going to go back and forth and you're going to just need to feel all those feelings for a while and it is okay. But after, you know, th throughout those years that I, those two or three years that I was really focusing on getting better, um, I, I held other positions and I really paid attention to how different environments impact me. You know, I had a job once where I had multiple supervisors and that was great because I got to see several different styles of management. Um, and it was just a really, uh, a really healing experience to go through more experiences with, with all different types of people. And I, um, I, I finally have gotten to a place where, you know, I own my own writing business and I try my best to be the kind of supervisor that I would want for myself because I, I'm the only one who's, you know, if, if I decide that I'm working weekends, I'm the only one who decides that. No one else can make that decision for me. So, and by the way, I don't typically work weekends because uh, <laughs> that's one of the rules I set up for myself. You know, I don't want to work weekends. So um, it was just really interesting to reflect on all of those qualities in the supervisors that I loved and then try to, as best as I can, try to implement those qualities myself and That's... it's great that you've had a lot of awareness around that as well and using NLP to to reprogram because that's what it is it's reprogramming so you've identified you know those feelings and you've attached the feelings and and the words and when you said you know is it true or is it not true and focusing on the words and not the actual yelling that your supervisor was doing for you. So when we actually chunk it down and break it down, I love the way you explained that you realised that those words weren't true and you could dismiss that. And having the yeah. awareness just to step back and just look at the whole situation and break it down into each bubble that it needs to be so that you can you can determine and be informed to see what lesson there is to learn. And now here you are in a space where you've taken the lessons of that and now you're implementing it to move forward and reprogram and break those chains. So I love how you took us on that journey and that transition of, um, you know, a, a bad situation and a toxic situation and a, and a damaged culture within your workplace and you switched it so that more workplaces don't become like that in the space that you're in now. So thank you yeah. very much for, for sharing those really, really helpful. They're very helpful tips and they're very practical and something that a lot of people would experience every single day within their workplace. Now, I'm really interested, Katie, what are you doing? What are you doing now? Like what space are you working in now? Yeah. And um, 
this is a very interesting lens to talk about it through because um, I am specializing in customer case studies. And those are the success stories of how a client or customer has gotten results through a product or service. For example, I did a case study, uh, I did two case studies actually for a, a tech education company and they develop software that helps teach students um, of all abilities, but particularly students who are blind or visually impaired, how to type on the computer. And I interviewed two of his happy customers. One of them was a teacher who used the software in her classroom. And she uh, had a lot of really great success uh, watching her students improve. And some of them, you know, some of them didn't speak English as their first language. Some of them could only type with a few fingers at a time. Some of them, um, you know, could, could see pretty well and some of them couldn't see at all. And just to teach that amount of students with those, um, with that variety of needs, um, she just had a lot of really great success with the software. And then the second customer I interviewed was a mom who was virtually schooling her daughter because of COVID-19 and the software that they had been using at her school to teach her how to type couldn't bring it home. It was like on the school's computer. So <clears throat> she found this software that I was writing the case study about and it's a web-based platform. So her daughter could learn it and use it from anywhere. And um, she was uh, really an independent person. She liked to do things herself and when she tried the software for the first time, she was really excited at how she could just figure it out. You know, she didn't need somebody to come and click for her. She, she could just hear what it was saying and figure it out all on her own. And so um, sharing those two success stories with my client and then also having him, you know, share it out to his, his people that he was, was interested in sharing it out to like investors and potential customers, um, he just was really happy about how that appreciation, you know, that his clients showed him could, could kind of go out and like make a really good name for what he was doing and really share the true results that he um, was able to help people achieve by using that software. That's great that we are able yeah. to gather so much evidence to be able to better a customer experience and an employer experience and ultimately have a, a strategy and a plan around and a message for employers and employees as well and business owners that what they're doing is in alignment with what their market and their ideal audience needs and wants. We're solving those, those pain problems, aren't we? Absolutely. So yeah. we're in that space as well, if you don't mind me asking, Katie, is what kind of um, what kind of things would people do with this kind of um, evidence? They could do all different types of things with it. Um, when I do a case study, I pull out quotes that are particularly, um, you know, that really show the results that the customer got. Um, and I put those up, you know, that people can use them as uh, testimonials on their website. 
you can take parts of the case study and use it in your social media. So you can use a quote or you can just talk a little bit about the experience and you don't have to come up with all the words yourself because I've already written it down for you. Um, and also another thing that I get with when I do my case studies is numbers because people love numbers. Numbers can definitely work to tell a story and they're pretty impactful. So you can use the numbers when you're talking with people, you can just kind of put them out there as a statistic. Um, I'm a big fan of social media, so you can put them out on social media. Um, I have a client who uses customer case studies on her website. She just puts the whole case study out there. Um, you can also shorten them and put it in an email. You can get it published in other types of journals or um, magazines because it's an engaging, entertaining story. And um, you can give it to people if you do things like trade shows or in-person events, you can print it out and give it to people there. Um, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you can use it in presentations, you can just have conversations with people and bring them case study into that conversation. You can do all kinds of things with that one piece of content. That's absolutely amazing. So we put this in alignment with our stories as well. So even our own personal stories of where we've been and how we've overcome, we can totally relate that to even our business um, case studies uh, because we've, we're learning the message. We're, we're having a look for who our ideal person is that needs to hear our story or to hear our message. So when we're actually looking for that social proof, that's what builds on the know, like, and trust factor. That's what people relate to. And when we hear those kind of testimonials and that social proof, and then it's in alignment with whoever you're following with their values and their belief, then it all paints a bigger picture and comes together like a jigsaw as well of where we've been, how we're overcoming and how we're actually helping um, other people. And what are you doing uh, now in that space to be able to impact a, a greater community? How is this changing communities and changing the world? I think that appreciation is just so important just because of how it motivates us to accomplish more than we ever could when we're just sitting here thinking, does anyone care? Does anyone know? Does anyone even want to know? And for me, when I write those success stories, when I interview that happy customer, it's I get to share their appreciation with my client and then also share it out with the wider world. And I mean, I'm a big fan of appreciation in general, just like saying thank you to people and um, doing things for my clients to show them that I appreciate them. And I, I think that appreciation, it, it can really be modeled. I mean, I look back over all of my career and what really helped me realize that not everyone was like my toxic boss is because 
there were people who had showed me that they appreciated me. And so I know that if I show other people that I appreciate them, that will not only make them feel good in the moment, but it will also give them a model so that they can show others that they appreciate what they do for them. So it's like a cycle. That it's definitely like a cycle and a ripple effect. And what kind of message, Katie, would you like to leave our audience on today? Yeah, I would like to say, look around and see who the people are who are supporting you in whatever it is that you're doing. Um, You know, whether they're working directly for you or they are just someone who's encouraging you along the way and tell them, thank you, you know, thank them for their, well, for what they do. That's all it takes is just even a quick Facebook message or a text message. Hey, just wanted to say thanks for everything you do. I wouldn't be where I am without you. Um, so that that's what I'd love for people to think about and consider doing. Definitely. Where there's a lot of fear in the world at the moment. So we can overcome fear, as Katie said, with words of encouragement and just a simple thank you. That is great advice. And thank you for being very brave to share your story. And we'll be sharing where to actually connect with you you are appreciated and uh, you can find the Victim to Victory podcast series on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and our Facebook group. So please subscribe, share and comment to help be the change that the world needs, just like Katie Corbett. And let me leave you with a message of figure out who you are and do it on purpose. Thank you, Katie. Thank you.